This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. Welcome back to the Relic Radio Show. Our hour of radio drama begins with the Screen Directors Playhouse this week. We'll hear their story from October 3rd, 1949, titled The Senator Was Indiscreet. After that, it's Academy Award and The Great McGinty, their episode from April 20th, 1946. From Hollywood, the National Broadcasting Company presents... Screen Director's Playhouse, production, The Senator Was Indiscreet, star, William Powell... Each week at this new time, the Hollywood screen directors will bring you the finest adaptations of your favorite motion picture entertainment, together with the stars who created the original roles. Now tonight's story. For the first time on the air, we present the film comedy, The Senator Was Indiscreet, starring William Powell as Senator Ashton, with Peggy Dow as Poppy McNaughton. Any similarity between this story and a coincidence is purely comical. For we all know that in these United States, there is no such thing as a tub-thumping, hand-pumping, baby-kissing politician. (laughs) Nevertheless, Senator Melvin Gassaway Ashton has left Washington to descend upon New York, where even now he takes his regal ease in his hotel room and records the fact in his diary. Perhaps this is the beginning of the campaign that will see me in the White House. Oh, to be the leader of this proud nation and make 100000 a year. <laughs> Come in. Hiya, Mel. Oh, it's you, Lou. Senator, don't ever say that Lou Gibson isn't the greatest publicity man since the guy who promoted hash. You know what I got outside? Well, if it's constituent, my boy, I'll make a speech. <clears throat> uh, my friends... Save it. I got a crew of newsreel cameramen and three, count them, three full-blooded Indians. Oh, my boy, my boy, how can I thank you? Okay, fellas, start setting up. Okay, okay, my, my, the camera right here. Mama be pleased when she hears about this? Uh, here they are, Senator, three full-blooded Indians gonna make you a member of their savage tribe. Say hello, Senator. How are you, Senator? What's new in Washington? Where's the washroom? Uh, me bring him greetings from Great White Father. Say, can a member of the press intrude? Poppy, darling, come on in. Senator, meet Miss Poppy McNaughton, the best newspaper gal in town. Welcome, my child, welcome. Thank you, Senator. I'm here to ask about that new bill you've introduced. The McCoy-Keith Ashton bill. Oh, yes, yes. Well, uh, that bill, my dear, is designed for the protection of man's most faithful servant. Oh, yes, the Maytag washing machine. (laughs) I mean, the letter carrier. Why is the letter carrier weary at the end of the day? Because he's tired. Because he's been trudging the hard pavements with a load too heavy for man to bear. And that is where my bill comes in. The McCoy-Keith-Ashton bill will compel every man, woman, and child in this fair land to write his letters on tissue paper. Oh, I see. Uh, Lou, could I speak to you outside for a minute, please? Sure, honey. Uh, You talk to the cameraman, Senator. Oh, thank you, my boy. (coughs) Uh, My friends of the motion picture industry, proudest jewel in the diadem of American entertainment. Well, Poppy, isn't he a beaut? Lou. You're not pumping up that windbag for president. Look, I'm a press agent. If I can promote Ashton, I'll be in the big time. Then we'll be able to get married. Oh, those are very tough terms. Oh, Poppy, give Ashton a break in your column. Don't be difficult. I won't. I'll be impossible. How? I'm just going to quote him accurately. That's how. 
Oh, that's dirty journalism. You can't quote politicians accurately. You just watch me. See you tonight, publicity man. Tonight it is. Okay, boys, ready with the newsreel? Anytime. Roll them. Okay, Senator, you're on. <clears throat> From Great White Father in Washington, I bring message to Red Man. My Manitou, me Manitou, give you much rain. How? How? Much good hunting. How? How? Many fine squaws. And how? Okay, okay, Hiawatha, that does it. Let's go, boys. <laughs> when you, uh, uh, how did you write? Uh-oh. What's the matter? Look, standing over there. When did he come in? What? Oh, brother, Fred Houlihan, the boss of the party. Oh, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, hello, Fred. Hello, Senator. Well, many ha-ha, what are you trying to pull? Oh, just a little stunt, Fred. Uh, uh, Lou Gibson dreamt it up. Oh, he did. Well, don't you know that having a picture taken with an Indian automatically makes you a candidate for president? Well... Well, you don't now, mind? Now, I think I'll go now. back to don't, my office. Don't, don't be angry, Fred. <laughs> Mel, the party wouldn't back you for president if you were George Washington's mother. You couldn't win. Now, what about this speech I hear you're making to the National Institute of Businessmen tonight? We didn't authorize that either. Well, but they, they asked me. Yes, I'll bet. Well, let's see the speech. It's the old number five. Uh-huh. Isn't that the one you delivered in Detroit on December 6, 1941? No, I had the honor, yes. Isn't it about time you cut out that part where you laugh at the possibility of war with Japan? (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, United States Senator Melvin G. Ashton speaking. Washington? Yes, yes, put it through, put it through. It's Mama. Yes, all right, I'm leaving. But remember, Mel, forget the White House. I'll see you later. Uh, Bye, Fred. Uh, Oh, uh, hello? Uh, Hello, Uh, Mama? Yes, yes, everything's fine, Mama. Uh, the White House? Oh, no, no, Mama. I- I'm not going to be president. No, no, I guess you won't be able to tear down that new balcony. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, yes, Mama. I'm writing, writing everything down in my diary. See, you know what, Mama? I'm an Indian now. Yes, member of a, member of a tribe. What? Oh, no, Mama, don't worry. I won't let them lay a hand on your new hairdo. (laughs) Yes, Mama. Yes, Mama. Mr. Gibson, there's a Miss Valerie Shepard to see you. Shepard? Look, I'm very busy. I... What does she look like? Oh, well, send her right in. Mr. Gibson? Well, what can I do for you? Well, you remember Bill Fisher from Plainville, don't you? Why, of course. Well, Bill said to say hello, and uh, he thought with your connections you might help me get a room here in the hotel. A hotel room it is. Uh, how is Bill, the old paratrooper? <laughs> Did he ever get into politics? Oh, In a small way. That was always Bill's big beef, politics. In the Army, he always said he'd clean out the crooks and clowns. Oh, uh, by the way, the senator from ye old home state is staying right here in the hotel. Senator Ashton? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I'd just love to meet him. Oh, lady, you've met me. Let's not push our luck. (laughs) And if you're a good girl, I'll take you to hear Senator Ashton tonight. Big speech for big businessmen. You'll love it. conclusion may I say, it is with pride and humility that I have been permitted to serve this proud republic, this brightest jewel in the diadem of nations. And now, if there are any questions, I should be glad to answer them, frankly, completely, and to the best of my humble ability. Great news story you're getting, huh, Poppy? Yeah, the senators run the gamut from tedium to monotony. Miss Shepard seems to be enjoying it. Oh, I think he's just grand. Uh Uh-oh, watch this. I planted the note that's being handed to old wooden shoes. 
Francis. A note? Well, yes, and a, a very embarrassing note it is. I must confess I, I didn't expect such a question. But I shall answer it with the same candor in which it is asked. Senator Ashton, if the nomination for president were offered to you, would you accept? <laughs> My friends, as you all know, I am a simple, God-fearing, plain-talking man. So I say to you, and I cannot put this too strongly, I am not a candidate for the presidency. But if the voice of the people of these United States, this brightest jewel in the diadem of mankind, should ring out over the land and say, come, then I can only bow my head to the inevitable and say in all humility, I will. Ashton, you ungrateful dog. Oh, oh, boss, uh, come in. I, uh, I was just going to bed. Why, you idiot. What do you mean saying you're not a candidate for the nomination? But, Fred... No member of the party has the right to deny that he's a candidate unless he is one. Oh, well... <laughs> well, well, maybe I am, Fred. On what qualifications? All the qualifications. They're written here in, in, in this newspaper clipping. Ah, you're crazy. Well... Look, this, this is what an editorial writer says. First, the candidate should have been born in lowly circumstances. Were you born in a log cabin? No, but our roof leaked a little. <laughs> Go on. Second, he should have a family. Well, I've got three fine sons and four splendid daughters. Holy Ike, you have seven secretaries? Yes. <laughs> well, the third point is that the candidate should have a dog. I have a dog, Fred. I hate the sight of him, but I have one. <laughs> Fourth. You can stop right there. I happen to be boss of this party, and I'm telling you straight, you are not going to be president. Well, then... Then, Fred, I have something to tell you. Well? I, uh... I keep a diary. I have for 35 years. Well, that makes you about the oldest high school girl in America. <laughs> What do you put in it? Everything. Well, that's... Uh, everything? Everything. But, uh, not, uh, everything, Mel. In detail. Not the incident in Boston. Yes, and the one in Detroit, too. And St. Louis. Oh, you bucket brain lunatic. Where's that diary? No use, Fred. I am keeping it. If that stuff gets out, they can beat us with bathless groggins. <laughs> You're wasting your breath, Fred. What do you mean? You know, Fred... Owning a nice little diary is like owning a nice little atom bomb. Even if you never do anything with it, it's a comfort just to know it's there. I'll see you in the White House, Fred. Listening to the Screen Director's Playhouse presentation of The Senator Was Indiscreet, starring William Powell with Peggy Dow. And to complete our political news roundup, Senator Melvin Gassaway Ashton left today on a speaking tour of the nation. The Senator is uh, not a candidate for the nomination and is understood to be making the tour because. He likes to undress in Pullman berths. <laughs> Savannah, Georgia. Senator Melvin Gassaway Ashton spoke here today saying, Yes, sir, folks. My old grandma was born and bred right here in old Georgia. <laughs> the brightest jewel in the diadem of American states. Now I want the band to strike up the beloved anthem of this sovereign state, and I want you all to rise as it plays Marching Through Georgia. <laughs> Houston, Texas. In a political speech here today, Sel Senator Melvin Gassaway Ashton said, Yes, partners, 
My old grandma, bless her heart, was born and bred right here in the great state of Texas. And if I'm elected, I promise you that within 60 days, you'll have your independence from Mexico. <laughs> Please pass the biscuits. Kansas City, Missouri. As always, Senator Ashton has again faced an issue squarely. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not for inflation. I am not for deflation. But ladies and gentlemen, I am wholeheartedly for flation. <laughs> New York City. The surprise of the week has been Senator Melvin Ashton's wildcat raid on the political scene, which has more than doubled his popularity. The senator returned to New York today after a triumphant swing through the South and Southwest. Well, it's been some trip, huh, Senator Ashton? Oh, fine, fine, my boy. Uh, except for one thing. What's that? Uh, that young uh, newspaper woman friend of yours, Miss uh, McNaughton. Huh? Why does she insist upon referring to me in her column as Senator Ashcan? <laughs> Look, she's lousing up my campaign, too. I'm in love with her. Lou, hmm? what about me buying her a nice little present this afternoon? Uh, something uh, costly. Nah, nah, it's no use. It's like trying to bribe Dick Tracy. Come in. Hello, Lou. Hello, Valerie. Heard from Bill Fisher lately? Uh-huh. I had a letter today. Well, how is Bill? Uh, just dandy. Yeah? Here, I, I want you to meet the Mahatma. Senator Ashka uh, Ashton, uh, <laughs> this is a constituent, Miss Valerie Shepard. Well, well, well. <laughs> the sweet little flower from my own woodland. Senator, the first vote I ever cast, I cast for you. Ah, the madness of youth. Over here, uh, sit down. Sit down, my dear, sit down. Holy cow, look at the time. I got a date with Poppy. Uh, pardon me, folks, while I further our public and private relations. Tell me, Poppy, oh mystic one, look deep into your martini and tell me what the future holds in store. I'm looking. What do you see? One dyspeptic-looking olive. That's my future? And I hope you choke on it, Lou Gibson. Oh, Poppy, why don't you forget Ashton for a few minutes? I'm going to find some way to break up that clown's act if I have to commit grand larceny. What about us? What about our marriage? Look into your drink, old mystic one, and tell me what the future holds in store. One pickled onion. And that pet is just about the size of it. Not one hair of this golden head shall you touch until Melvin G. Ashton gets dumped on his senatorial kisser. And that, believe me, won't be too long. Hello, Mel. Ah, Lou, my boy. Where's Valerie? Oh, uh, she left. And uh, I had some shopping to do. A little gift. For Poppy McNaughton, Lou. Yeah? Yes. Right here in the drawer. A solid gold mesh bag. Never was a woman who could resist one. It's, uh, uh... Lou. What's the matter? Why, it's... Why, it... It's gone. What's gone? Why, the... The diary. It's gone. What diary? The record of my political career. Of the party's activities. Oh, no. If that hits the newspapers... Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Larceny? She said she'd commit larceny. Who? Poppy. You wait here, I got an idea. Oh, Lou. Lou, I'm ruined. Ruined. Uh, now, Senator, don't get hysterical. Now, just stay calm. Uh, calm. Uh... Oh, hello, Mr. Houlihan. Mr. Kelly. Hello, Lou. Hello, Gibson. Uh, I'll check with you, Mel. Something terrible has happened. Mel, don't you know what you've done? Your popularity is zoomed, and the party wants to nominate you for President of the United States. Oh, but Fred, Fred, the diary. Forget the diary. What about the diary? It's gone. Stolen. Why, I ought to break every bone in your stupid body. Joe. Yeah, boss? Get on the phone. Put plan A into action. It's a yellow alert. Well, you think we'll need the red alert? I don't know yet. 
What's the red alert? That's when they're coming after you with ropes. Uh, give me Preston 96161. Well, Ashton, you've really done it this time. Hello, hello, hello Theodore. This is you-know-who. <laughs> Theodore, I want you to contact certain parties and tell them to pack and stand by for a red alert. Red alert. Ready? Honest John McCaffrey in Boston. Honest John Brancuso in Philadelphia. Honest John Ginsburg in Albany. Honest John Frostman in... <laughs> Use your head. If I had the diary, it would already be in print. This is a newspaper, you Come know. Come on, Poppy. Stop stalling. So help me, Lou. I haven't got the diary. Yeah, probably some other conniving woman. Only a woman could be low enough to pull a trick like this. What about that corn-fed Theta Barra? That Valerie gal? Valerie? Oh, she's just a friend of a friend of mine, Bill Fisher. He's not the kind of a guy who... Oh, Mother, how could you raise such a stupid child? Idea? Well, Bill's an old Ashton hater from way back. And that girl shows up just when... when... Come on, we gotta find Valerie. Honest John Vincent in Oklahoma City and Honest John Farron in San Francisco and 5% Harrigan in St. Louis. <laughs> now, you, you, you got that, Theodore? Right. And look, Theodore... There are no extradition treaties between the United States and the following countries. Outer Mongolia, Greenland, Lower Slavovia, and Little America. A plane leave for Tibet from San Francisco daily at 1.20 a.m. Place from Mexico... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, Fred. I'm afraid I have a very unpleasant duty to perform. Now, now look, Fred. It's no use. You've got to resign from the Senate. Resign? But... But what about my family? They'll have to resign, too. <laughs> but, but how are we going to live? Off your interest on your capital. What capital? What capital? You've been in politics for 35 years and you haven't any capital? How could I have, Fred? How did I know that income tax bill I introduced meant me, too? <laughs> well, you'll have to go to work. Work? But, Fred, I'm a senator. Well, you've got to stop being a senator. Oh, no, Fred. No. Either the party figures out a way for me to make a living, or I won't resign. Hey, hey, they need a dog catcher in Peoria. <laughs> oh, that's out. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've got it. You can be a, a sports czar, like in baseball. Well? The duties will be relatively simple, Senator. Three hours work, one day a week. Oh, never mind the duties. What's the pay? Oh, around 150000 150000 I say, that's more than president. Hello? Oh, oh, oh uh, hello, Mama. Uh, Mama, uh, you know what? I'm not going to be a president. I'm going to be a czar. <laughs> yes, but Mama... No, Mama, you, you won't have to drink vodka. <laughs> Look, 150000 a year, Mama. Yes, Mama. Yes, Mama. <laughs> Okay, Poppy, here's Valerie's room. She must have the diary. Why, Lou and Miss McNaughton. Uh-huh, all packed and ready to leave town. Is, uh, is something wrong? Sister, something is very wrong. Huh? Hold her, Lou. I'll check her bags. Oh, no. No, you can't do that. We're doing it. I should have known that Bill Fisher sent you down to fish for something to pin on Ashton. No, here's the diary. Oh, let's have it. Oh, no, you don't. It's mine now. Oh, oh Poppy, you double-crossing heel. Uh-uh, you stay away from me. You wouldn't hit a woman. Give me that diary. Oh, no, let go of me, Lou! Hello? Oh, Hello, Lou. Oh, I see. Well, all right. Well, who was that? Lou Gibson. 
He's got the diary back. Wow, you've done it again, boss. Yes, Mel, laugh. Be happy. You can be president now. But how can I afford it? I've just taken a $50,000 cut in salary. Oh, but Mel, they give you a house to live in, and on rainy days, you can show your own movies in the White House projection room. Cowboy pictures? Yeah, yeah. Hop along, Cassidy. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) Good old Mel. I knew you wouldn't let us down. But I, I, I better call Mama. Oh, I'll get that. Oh, where's the diary? Have you got it? I got it, all right. Shh, shh. I, I'm talking to Mama. Hello, Mama? Well, Mama, I'm not going to be a czar. No, I've decided to become president. Yes, yes, I know. It's only 100000 a year, Mama, but it's the best I can do. And besides, think of the fishing. Yes, Mama. Yes, Mama. Do I understand that Lemonhead is really going to be president? Yes, now that you've got the diary. Uh, I haven't got the diary. You haven't, but you said that you... Oh, just a minute, Mama. The diary will shortly be in the possession of one Poppy McNaughton, a member of the Fourth Estate. The newspapers? Yeah, it'll be in the front page in an hour. So long, boys. Uh, Joe! Uh. Well, stop moving. The alert just turned red. I'll give the alarm. Come on, Joe, let's get out of here. Hello? Mama? I'm, I'm not going to be president after all. Hey, you, you better start packing, Mama. Yes, we're, we're taking a trip to Outer Mongolia. <laughs> Outer Mongolia, Mama. Proudest jewel in the diadem of Asia. People vote there, Mama. And if I hear their call, if they should say to me, Melvin G. Ashton, come... Then I'll listen, Mama. Oh, don't worry, Mama. We'll make it yet. Yes, Mama. Mama. William Powell will return in just a moment. Here's a reminder to tune in again next week when, for the first time on the air, you'll hear the exciting drama Criss Cross, starring Burt Lancaster in his original role. Now, here again is tonight's star... William Powell. Thank you. Thank you. You know, all of us who face the motion picture cameras owe a great debt to the directors of Hollywood. We're very humbly aware that without their assistance, skill, knowledge, our pictures never could really be made. Now it's my pleasure to introduce not only the director of many wonderful films, but the president of the Screen Directors Guild, George Marshall. Thank you, and thank you very much, Bill. I was anxious to be here tonight because this marks the beginning of a new series of Screen Directors Playhouse shows at a new time. Well, I want to wish you and all the directors the best of luck, George. You've been bringing some swell motion picture entertainment to the microphone. Thank you again, Bill. You know, that must be quite a position you have, being president of the Screen Directors Guild. (laughs) Well, it wasn't easy getting to be president, Bill. I really had to fight for the job. Whom did you fight? Oh, a fellow by the name of Melvin Gassaway Ashton. <laughs> yes, but George, look at the prestige and the salary. <laughs> yes, that is something to look forward to. I would say about 43 cents a year. Think Mama would be interested? I, <laughs> I think that proudest jewel in the diadem of womankind would say, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> then I guess I've still got the job. And speaking for the Screen Directors Guild, I hope that all our old listeners will be tuning in on Monday nights and that we'll be making a lot of new friends. We'll do our best to make it worth your while. Good night, everyone. Good night, Bill. Good night. And good night to you, William Powell and George Marshall. Senator Was in the Street is a Nunnally Johnson production presented through the courtesy of Universal International Studios, now releasing Sword in the Desert, starring Dana Andrews, Marta Torrin, and Stephen McNally. William Powell appeared by arrangement with Metro-Golden-Mayer, producers of The Red Danube, starring Walter Pidgeon, Ethel Barrymore, and Peter Lawford. Peggy Dow will soon be seen in the Universal International picture, The Big Frame, also starring Scott Brady, John Russell, and Dorothy Hart. George Marshall's latest production for Paramount is Fancy Pants, starring Bob Hope and Lucille Ball. Included in tonight's cast were Paul Fries, Bill Conrad, Gene Bates, Jay Novello, Ed Max, Rita Lyon, Jack Crucian, and Dan Riss. 
The Senator was indiscreet, was adapted for radio by Richard Allen Simmons, and original music was composed and conducted by Henry Russell. Screen Director's Playhouse is produced by Howard Wiley, with dramatic direction by Bill Karn. This is Jimmy Wallington speaking and inviting you to listen again next week when we present Screen Director's Playhouse, production Criss Cross, star Burt Lancaster, director Robert C. Otmack. You're tuned for the stars on NBC. The House of Squibb, manufacturing chemists with the medical profession since 1858, bring you Academy Awards. The pictures, the players, the techniques and skills which have won or been nominated for the coveted awards granted each year by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to each in his field for outstanding achievement. The House of Squibb, makers of the great family of Squibb medicinal products, brings you the distinguished Paramount star Brian Donlevy in The Great McGinty, the original screenplay for which Preston Sturgis won his 1940 Academy Award. This is the story of a guy called McGinty who's tenant barring a joint out of the border. This is the story of McGinty, his friends, and their brief day of glory. Well, here we are. And if your eyes can see through the cigarette smoke, I'll point out our interesting characters. Oh, yeah, those uh, tough deadpan-looking mugs at the table playing poker. Open! Get it up! That's the boss. Used to be a big-shot political boss up north. I'm in, boss. That's Louie. He carries a rod under his arm and nothing under his cap. I'm in, too, boss. That's the politician. And over here, the pale-faced young man staring into his drink, his name is Thompson. He's new down here and very sad. Where's the door to the patio? Right behind that potted palm. And behind the bar... Watch this bar for me, Pedro. I got a hunch about that guy, Thompson. The great McGinty himself about to go into action. So we join McGinty in the patio. Hey, you, give me that gun. No, don't. Let me alone. Give me it. I don't want to live anymore. Shut up. Come on out of here. Uh, don't you? You're breaking my arm. Well, are you coming peaceful? All right. Why did you have to stop me? Why didn't you let me do it? Here, have a drink. Thanks. Hey, what's the matter with you, kid? What do you want to pull a gun on yourself for? I hadn't any right to go on living. Nuts. What did you do? I was a cashier of a bank up in Montclair, New Jersey. So what? I had a nice house, nice wife, nice kids. And I stole $25,000 from the bank. Oh, I don't deserve the list. <laughs> You was a cashier of a bank and you stole only 25,000 bucks? <laughs> hey, get a load of this guy. And he wants to shoot himself. Well, what did you ever do, McGinty? What did I do? I'll tell you. I was the governor of a state. You governor of a state? How could you ever have been a governor? Well, how do you get to be anything? You gotta start at the bottom, and that's where I started. <laughs> I got into town under a freight car. It's snowing, and I'm cold and beat, and I ain't been eating for two days, and I'm in a soup kitchen inhaling some broth when the politician ups to me. Good soup, huh? Take me kind of the mayor to think of the less fortunate on a night like this. Never ain't mind it? the applesauce, boo. Yeah. How'd you like to make a couple of bucks? What do you think you're kidding? What have I got to do? Very simple, my boy. You just go down and vote for Mayor Tillinghast and come right back here and collect two bucks. How about voting twice? That's four bucks. What's the jail sentence for repeating? Who said anything about repeating? 
Where do you think this is? Hicks Corners? Some people is too lazy to vote, that's all. They don't like this kind of weather. Some of them is sick in bed and can't vote. Maybe a couple of them croaked recently. That ain't no reason why Mayor Tillingas should be cheated out of their support. All we're doing is getting out the vote. need the dough to pay him off. I don't believe a man can vote 37 times. I just said he voted 37 times! He couldn't vote 37 times! Who voted 37 times? Oh, uh, good evening, boss. Good evening, Mr. Mayor. That glug there cramming in the free lunch. Pay him off. The mayor, the kind of service we're giving you. Hey, you lost. Huh? Come in here. We want to look at you. Me? Yeah, you. Don't you know you ain't supposed to vote more than once? Who are you? A tough guy, huh? I guess you don't know where you are. No. And I don't care, neither. This guy kills me. Ah, he thinks he's me. I didn't know it, but he was the big political boss of the town. I guess he took a liking to me because he gave me some dough and I got a shave and a manicure and I bought me a new suit. Okay, boss. Here's the lug. I got a new suit. Yeah. Some suit. Looks more like this suit got you. Listen, you. Suppose you listen for a change. The reason you're alive and walking around in that horse blanket ain't because I like you, see. Because I can use some nerve in my business. In the meantime, if you want to do some collecting for me, you got a job. You got 20%. I pay the hospital bill. Give me the list and shut up. Now look. Your job is to collect for the protection I've been giving you. I'll collect. And when I do, I get 20%. And don't you forget it. In here. In here, Mark. You can take it easy now. I've been following you. Me and Louie up there driving. Okay. Pull over. You uh, collect anything except that black eye. Here's your dough. Two fifty and five and four hundred. That's eleven hundred and fifty bucks, Thomas. So you collect it after all. I guess you think you're kind of hot stuff, huh? Because you beat up a few guys. All right, keep the change. Keep what change? I got 20% coming. I said keep the whole wad. I never expect to collect it anyhow. Hmm? Well, then what's the idea of sending me out? I'm glad you didn't disappoint me. What? For a minute, I thought you was going to say thank you. Me? You're a card, you are. Yesterday, you were a bull on the bread line. Today, you got a thousand berries and a no suit. You can't keep on like you've started today. There's no telling where you'll be tomorrow. This is a land of great opportunity. Hey, what makes this place so quiet? You don't hear nothing in here. It's armor. Don't interrupt. And if you think I'm not the boss, you try cross me up sometime. You got me all a tremble. I bet you're scared to death of yourself. All right. You ask for it. Yeah, I'll break in that tired as I am. Yeah, it's where you get yours. <laughs> Yeah. He always was a little muscle-bound. I could beat him to the punch, you know. <laughs> Boy, but we had some Brannigan. I thought you said you were the governor of a state. Sounds like you were just a cheap crook. Well, you got to crawl before you walk, don't you? I collected the chicken feed for a while, see, and then the guy makes me an alderman, and I move in on the second floor. <laughs> Cut off. As I was saying, stealing gas is dead as a doornail. We need a new face. Clean, typical American. Upright, dependable. Somebody they don't know too much about. What do you think of McGinty? Huh? Ever heard of him, huh? Well, that's just what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ah, 
$100,000. That's what they tell me. But that's a confounded outrage, Mr. Alderman. Even in the days of Boss Herman, we didn't have to pay that much for franchises. Not even in the days of Bathhouse Jake. Those boys were pikers compared to this mob. Oh, you don't mean that, Mr. Maxwell. You've got to remember everything's gone up. Living expenses is higher. There's an income tax. Uh, and, well, you're dealing with a better class of men than Bathhouse Jake. Now, look here. I will not pay graft. Millions for defense, but not one cent for tribute. You could call it advertising. Uh, yes? I'm over here. I want to talk to you. I got something important. Be right over. Well, I'm sorry, Maxwell, but that's the way it is. Uh, Catherine. Yes, Mr. McGinty? I've got to go over and see the boss. I'll be back about four. All right, Mr. McGinty. Now, just a minute, McGinty. So you got here, huh? Yeah. Sit down. Have a cigar. Are you kidding? I know them cigars. Listen, you want to be a reform mayor. Reform mayor? That's what I said. Well, what do you mean, reform mayor? What do you think it means? Don't make me say everything twice, will you? Well, I said, do you want to be a reform mayor of this city? Mayor! Well, what you got to do with the reform party? I am the reform party. Who do you think? You're the reform party. Why do you make me say everything twice? But since when? Since a long time ago. In this town, I'm all the parties. I'm going to starve every time they change administration. Then where does the Reform Party come in? They come in the back door every Wednesday. <laughs> I ask you if you want to be Reform Mayor. You give me a plain answer. Well, sure, I guess so. Good. You're in. You'll have to kiss a lot of babies, meet a lot of guys, and uh, wear your old clothes. I don't want no dudes after that last one. And though you'll have to get married right away. What do you mean, get married right away? What do you think it means? Do I have to say everything's white? <laughs> Women vote. Maybe they don't know it. They don't like bachelors. Oh, they don't, huh? Well, if they don't like them, they can lump them. What's the matter with you? Are you not? No, I'm just playing hard to get. Daniel. Huh? Don't you know what marriage is? Don't you know that marriage has always been the most beautiful, the most beautiful setup between the sexes? <laughs> Don't you know the coat without the pants? Like a pig without a poke. Marriage is the most, the most... Then why don't you try it? Because I ain't running for mayor! Yeah, well, I ain't neither. Poke that in your pig. Before continuing with part two of Academy Award, may we suggest for your enjoyment every day an ever-popular member of the great family of Squib products, pure, refreshing Squib Dental Cream. There's something about its delightful minty flavor that seems to wake up your mouth to leave it pleasantly cool, clean, refreshed. Look into your mirror, and you will see your own smile with all its natural sparkle revealed. For the active ingredient in pure Squib Dental Cream is one of the safest, softest, yet most effective polishing agents known to dental science. It's just one more reason why you can taste, feel, and see the refreshing difference when you brush your teeth with Squib Dental Cream. Use it regularly for a more attractive smile, a cleaner, happier mouth. Taste, feel, and see the refreshing difference. In just a moment, Brian Donlevy will be back with the second part of The Great McGinty. But first, we want to thank Paramount Pictures for making this story available. You'll be interested to know that you can soon see Brian Don Levy in Paramount's new Technicolor production, The Virginian. And now, part two of the Academy Award-winning picture, The Great McGinty. Want another shot of this? Yeah. Well, did you get married? Yeah. yeah. I made the mistake of talking it over with my secretary first, and then I was a goner. Oh, I'm so happy for you, Mr. McGinty. What are you talking about? I told him to go fly a kite. Can you see me telling some dame where I've been till 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and how did you get that lip rouge on your hat? Well, I certainly feel the same way you do about it, Mr. McGinty, but mm. you need the woman's vote. And if you had a wife... Um... What I mean to say, Mr. McGinty, is that I've been married before. 
Well, I'd be willing to marry you, Miss McGinty. Huh? Hello, Mr. McGinty's office. Who's calling? Oh, it's for you, Mr. McGinty. Yeah. I'll whip you. Tell him I'm dead or something. I, I just have to go into the office and think this over. Careful. I suppose we're legally married, aren't we? Really married? That's what the guy said. Mr. McGinty, I don't want you to think I've been concealing anything from you. Huh? There's no reason why I should. It's just that in the excitement... What? Sit down, Mr. McGinty. What's on your mind? It's just... Well, I think you ought to know if we're all going to have to live in the same house. Hmm. Who's all? I've been meaning to tell you that... Well, I have two of the loveliest little children, and they have the cutest little dog. It's just that I knew you wouldn't mind being mayor and everything, I don't suppose you'll be home very much anyway. Got me all right. Being married was a cinch to get elected. And Catherine wasn't a bad wife at all. For any guys, though, even though we didn't work at it for a while, but being mayor was a cinch. But when I got to thinking of being married, that was a lot tougher. Come in. Oh, Bessie, put it on the bed, Bessie. Did you wash out those other stockings? Not yet. Oh. Oh, Mr. McGinty. What are you doing in my room? Well... You know, Catherine, I, uh, I was thinking, why, why don't you, we, have dinner together sometime? Well, I'd be very glad to, Mr. McGinty, anytime. You know, if you told anybody that we've been living here like this for six months and neither one of us ever gives the other one a thought, they, they wouldn't believe it. That's right. Even if it was true... Wouldn't believe it. Well, it's silly. Yes, it is. I ain't never even kissed you. No, Mr. McGinty. That's silly, isn't it? Yes, Mr. McGinty. Well, what's the use of being silly? I'm your husband, ain't I? Catherine? Oh, to get up pretty early to be smarter than Peter Rabbit because he was as full of brains as a dog is full of fleas. Our old friend didn't even stop to think. He took a hop, skip, and a jump and started across the clover field as fat as his little fat legs would carry him. Just as he got to the edge of the field by the old split rail fence, a shadow fell across his path. And who do you suppose it was? I'll give you three guesses, and three more, and three more. But you will never guess who it really was, because it was none other than our old friend... Darling. Huh? The children are asleep now. Oh, that's right. Just a minute till I finish this thing. It was none other... Then our friend muggled the wump the tortoise. Huh. Well, what do you know? That's who I thought it was all the time. Darling, the children love you so and admire you. Hurt sometimes. They think you're George Washington and Abraham Lincoln rolled together. Only fine. Hey, have you been drinking catnip? No, darling. No, I haven't. I know you and I believe in you. 
You'll be strong enough someday, Dan. And then you'll wash clean of grafts and crooks and thieving politicians and really deserve your title. The Honorable.
Well, you're still here. Who asked you anything? I hope you're satisfied, you rat. First time I catch you alone, I'll bet your brains all over the yard. You and your little brother. Hey, hold on, no quiet down there. Why don't you stand up? Stand up your own trap. Stick a cork in it. Yeah. Jesus, the guard's coming. Hey, hey, quiet in there. Who do you think you are, you guys? Holy smoke, it's the politician. How did he get in that suit? Shut up. What's the big idea? Any more noise and I'll put you both in solitary. I got all the keys right here and it'll be very simple. He's got the key. You said it. Now be quiet! Wait till it gets dark if you want to yell. Come on! Come on, Law! The one we should get caught now after the politicians sprung us. And got us his car and an hour's time. I'll be right with you, horse face. Just let me finish this phone call. Catherine, I I can't talk much. I got two mugs waiting for me. I, I couldn't stay in the jug. It wouldn't look right for you to have to tell the kids. I, uh, I think you're wonderful, honey. And I wanted to tell you I left you a key to the deposit box. There's something there I held out on you. Uh, so long, honey. Come on. We got a boat to catch. I got to hang up, darling. I, I'm sorry it didn't work out. But you can't make a silk purse out of a pig's ear. Uh, kiss the kids for me, will you? Come on, I said. Why didn't he kill you? I never could figure that out. Yeah. Maybe it's because you're a big liar and what you told me never happened at all. (laughs) Ah, well, have it your own way, kid. And that'll be two bucks for the drink. Thanks. I saw you. You laughed. Saw me what, big face? Don't make me say everything twice. I saw you put those two bucks in your pocket and ring up no sale. I'm going to teach you once and for all to be honest. Yeah? Get your ham hand off my bar. You asked for it. Come on. So did you, and here's where you get it. Hey, it's so quiet in here. Nothing but that music. What's going on at the bar? Uh, nothing much, Louie. McGinney and the boss are at it again. <laughs> boys will be boys. Uh, I got four aces. What do you got, politician? Not bad. I got five kings. Sorry, Louie. If you will look at any squib product, you will see that every package bears a control number. That number is the symbol of a painstaking way of working that safeguards every step in the production of every squib product. Every date, every test that is made, from the day raw materials arrive at squib to the day the finished product is in your hands, is recorded by the squib control number. It identifies every laboratory worker and every scientist involved in the making of a squib product. It helps to eliminate the risk of human error in all squib products, from life-saving drugs to pure squib dental cream. For no squib product is released until every detail of its history has been entered in its control record. It's just one more evidence of the quest for perfection that never ceases in the house of squib. One more reason why squib is a name you can trust. Next week, another great picture. The House of Squib will present Academy Award with a treat for the entire family. A special treat for the children. Walt Disney's delightful fantasy, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Paramount's The Great McGinty was written for radio by Frank Wilson with an original musical score composed and conducted by Leif Stevens. Our producer-director is D. Engelbach. Paramount's current release is Kitty, starring Paulette Goddard and Ray Milan. This is Hugh Brundage bidding you good night until next week at the same time when you are invited to listen again to Academy Award, presented by the House of Squibs, 
a name you can trust. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. There's more from Screen Directors Playhouse, Academy Award, or Academy Award Theater, as it was sometimes known, at relicradio.com. You'll find our Shoutcast stream up and running there as well, alongside all the other podcasts and past episodes of this one. Lots to listen to, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. I can't do it without your support. Thank you, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back again next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show.